imminent and evident return, Brother Marty. What you alluded to is more than a theory. It's a reality. He is coming. And therein, I want to share with them the comments we were indulging ourselves in, that we're living in a troubled world. And there are things going on around the world in terms of chaotic uh, conditions and implications of war that's not even making it to your home through the network news agencies. They're doing everything in the world to keep you from seeing and knowing and hearing because they know what's happening now will set off such a firestorm and such a reaction worldwide they cannot afford for you to know. One of my friends is a private secretary, a personal secretary to the North Star Corporation, which is a news agency and filming concern. One of their locations is in Nashville, and that's where my friend works. They have other locations, but it's owned by Pat Robertson of the 700 Club notoriety, and they're about the only ones reporting the uh, actions that are going on in Israel. And we are standing on the very brink of that big one. There are people dying. There's battles raging. And the news agencies will not even report it because of the reaction it'll bring. I want to tell you something. Whether they report it or don't, don't change what's coming on the world. There's something about liberal minds that believe if they ignore it, it will go away. That if they don't endorse it, it won't happen. Or if they don't allow it to be reported, it'll just evaporate. But I'm here to tell you, there's a time coming, and it's right at the advent, at the door, when they're... Why rich men are going to howl and throw their money into the streets because no longer will a bag of gold buy a loaf of bread. And there's going to be such misery and such uh, woe as the world has never seen in all of its existence. Because the people, and I mean that in a national and a natural sense, the people of God, are being abused. But when that happens, that's when he'll clap and call all nations to war according to the prophecies of the Bible. And while it's all swelling up and getting ready to flow into the valley of Megiddo like the wine fat in the wine presses, there's an event that has to happen and that's the call that goes forth from the bridegroom. Come on up higher, my people, until my wrath be overpassed. Hey, that's why we live for him. Look over yonder, the skies are parting. Amen. At the sound of the trumpet. Amen. It may be morning, night, or noon, and I'm talking about this day. It's that close. That's why 
You don't even want to leave this room today without knowing it is well with your soul. That's why you don't want to face this week without having the certain and assured consolation, I'm one of His. Amen. That'll change your song. That'll change your song to I'm one of them, I'm one of them. I'm so glad that I can say I'm one of them. How many of you are happy to be a child of the Most High? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Amen. I might just spring forward for a moment in saying that this evening's service, we have every expectation of great worship, great fellowship. Brother Casey, I understand you're going to sing for us tonight, and I hope it's either I'm still dancing or I've got a feeling or one of those good worship songs. I can't dance on one on two feet as fast as you can dance on one. But I'll guarantee you one thing. I am still dancing. And I am still believing that He that brought us this far is able to finish it until the day of our redemption. I'm not giving up. Who was it said the baby said we can't ever give up? Was that you, Sister Jackson? I agree with the baby. We can't ever give up. Somebody better agree with the baby today. We can't ever give up. I've got a feeling it's all going to be all right. Praise the Lord. Brother Moody, I want you, you're, you're one of the deacons, I want you to keep a real close eye on those three young girls back there on that bench with you. Because my... Uh, relationship and memory of those girls goes back enough years that I'm scared to look down at the Bible to read and leave them unattended. Tina, I'm glad you're here. You're a miracle, girl. The Lord spared your life and brought you home again. I'm grateful. I've been praising the Lord for what He's doing in you. Amen. Cancer is no match to the one drop, just one drop, of the blood of Jesus. Under the blood, you'll get over the storm. Hallelujah. Tracy, it's good to see you here. And Tracy White Wagner lives at Jonesboro, and it takes her way too long to get home, not nearly often enough. And uh, I want to say, I don't see your mama here this morning. She may not be here, or she may be hid behind the post over there. But I want to say on behalf of your mother, girl, you need to get here more often. You need to be with your family. I'm happy to see you. Anybody else happy to see Tracy here? Man, any of you welcome her back more often than she's coming? My goodness. Uh, amen. And Sister Austin, uh, maybe one of the three of y'all will be a good influence on the other one, so... Nah, let's forget that. Let's just enjoy having a good time. Sister McMillan's sitting right there in front of you, and she can answer your questions if you have any. Just raise your flag, and if you get ready to leave the auditorium this morning, make sure you scoot your chair back up or you'll get a uh, demerit. And if you get a, well, no, you already have enough demerits, you're going to have to stay in anyway. So just, hallelujah. Thank God for 
KCA, Kennett Christian Academy. They're signing up in a few days for a a new school year. And uh, every one of us ought to go sign up. Let's give Brother Johnson heart failure when he sees all those applications and new names and who is this and who is that. and Man, that birth date don't figure out. They're way too old to sign up for the third grade. Amen. My dad said he spent two of the best terms of his life in the third grade. It was Hoover's and Roosevelt's. So, uh, praise God for KCA. We're glad you're all here today. We're going to have a good time in the Word this morning. Before we turn to the Word, and I'm going to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. The fifth book of the Bible. The final book of what is called the Pentateuch. The Pentateuch. It's part of the Torah. The Torah is the compilation of the Old Testament scriptures of the prophets of Israel, the Jews, Judah and Israel. And uh, the Torah is still the part of the Bible that the Hebrew nation, the Jewish nation, hold as divine. They do not hold as divine our New Testament books. They are living in a pre-modern age. They are living in a B.C. revelation. And therefore, blindness in part hath happened unto them. But oh, thank God, there's coming a moment before long, I'm back on that, when their eyes is going to be open and they're going to say, Come quickly, Lord Jesus. When Jesus becomes Lord of us all, it's going to wrap up. Praise God. Amen. While you're finding Deuteronomy chapter 6, and if they're getting it on the overhead while they're going there, I'd like to make mention that Miss Sharon and I have one of our grandsons with us. We've got some mighty fine grandsons. Well, we've got some fine granddaughters too. When you get as many as we've got combined, you've you got some really good ones. And uh, one of the best of the best is with us for a few days, Colton Davis. Colt, glad you're here, buddy. You want to testify? Would you like to come up here and testify in the microphone? Come on up here. He's a quizzer and uh, award-winning quizzer in junior quizzing, and he might just break loose and preach to us. Testify to us, bud. About what? Well, about the goodness of the Lord. How good's he been to you? Well, he's helped me win at National Bible Quizzing. He's helped me win Quiz of the Year. And he's also been with me throughout my whole entire life, and I'm thankful that. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. That's good. He helped me win quiz matches and helped me win Quizzer of the Year, and, and he's been with me. That's a good testimony. Reminds me of one of my neighbors in Indiana when I was a young man growing up. Had a beautiful garden. He had a great garden. And one day when I was out doing some church work and trying to get folk to come to the house of the Lord, I said to him, Boy, you know the Lord's give you a beautiful garden. He said, Hmm, you ought to have seen that garden when God had it by himself. 
And so, yes, the Lord helped him win Quiz of the Year and some quiz matches, but it took some work, hard work and commitment and study and memorization. Thank God for that. I'm proud of you, Cole. Glory. Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6 says, Now these... Look at your neighbor right this minute that's standing by you and tell him, I want to get this. I want to make sure I get this. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that you might do them in the land whether you go to possess it. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep all His statutes and His commandments which I command thee. Thou, thy son, and thy son's son all the days of thy life and that thy days may be prolonged. There's a blessing for long life in here. When you do the right things. Hear therefore, O Israel, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that you may increase mightily, as the Lord God of thy fathers hath promised thee, in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Verse 4. Watch this. Verse 4 and 5. Focus on. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words, tell your neighbor right now, I want to get this. Tell him. Tell him. And these words, which I command thee this day, shall be in thy heart. God bless you. You may be seated. Glory. At the expense of Sounding redundant, may I say one more time to everyone who's a member and all the guests and friends as well, how delightful it is to have you in this morning's service. There are some message portions of our services that are evangelical. They reach to the need of salvation. They tell you how to be refreshed in the Spirit. They call upon you to make a choice, make a decision. There are other portions of our uh, ministry and our ministry sessions that are doctrinal. They call us to the alarm. They remind us of the doctrines of the church and of the Bible and of faith. And there is preaching 
in these ministry sessions that we have from time to time that's just about life and core values and how we live and how we should love and what we should think and how we can draw closer to God. Get this now, watch. We can draw closer to God by drawing closer to each other. That's coming to the unity of the faith. And you know, we can have the spirit right and the unity wrong, and it'll cancel each other out. Just like you can have the unity right and the spirit wrong, and still you're lacking. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing when brethren... My dad, with his limited grasp of some things, would often say, and cistern, and cistern, of course, that's a stretch of the use of the good English. Of course, it's cisterns. Cisterns are those, those under-the-ground catechisms that held water for someone who did not have a well, a, a tank of sorts, but I'm not going there. Here we go. Anyway, it's good and it's pleasant for brethren and sisters to dwell together in unity. I'm not going to preach it. I'm not going to get into it. If I had time, I would, but let me just touch it in passing and tell you, get your unity right, just like you get your spirit right. Just like the periods of doctrine, the periods of application, the periods of, of evan- evangelism, all the things we preach, don't oversight one or the other. And yet this morning, it's not evangelism that I come to present to you. And it's not doctrine that I wish to reinforce and establish. And I certainly have no criticism of the other areas that I've mentioned. But this morning, I come specifically to this podium to speak to you about remembering and stirring up your mind and your heart unto the remembrance of, we didn't get here accidentally. It was not one of those things of just poof and here we are. There's been a price paid for us to get to the point that we've arrived at. It's cost a lot for us to get to this, let's see, 10 minutes until 11 on Sunday, July the whatever of Kennett, Missouri's history, and stayed memoirs for the First United Pentecostal Church. Somebody paid a price, but it goes back beyond Cuckaburr Holler. It goes back beyond the Seagrave's name and Fitzpatrick name and the, the, the uh, Fowler name and the Lankford name, and I say all of these respectfully and honorably. It's about something other than us. Thanks be unto God for the blood that was shed. The same blood that I alluded to that will heal cancer. 
will also set the sinner free. Thank God for the cross. Not just any cross, His cross. Thank God for the blood, not just anyone's blood, but that precious blood that cleanses from sin. And thank God for a man, not just some man, and not only one man, but that man, who in the form of God thought it not robbery to be considered equal to God, yet was made a little lower than the angels and subjected himself to the pain of life, the miseries of life, the misunderstandings of life. My God, I could preach this morning on that, but that's not what I've come for. Let me just simply tell you that when you're feeling misunderstood, it's just life. When you're feeling like somebody misused you, life just unfolds that way. When you're thinking, I don't deserve this. None of us, good, bad, or indifferently, ever get what we deserve. And I stand here and say, thank God I didn't get what I deserve. Because when justice rung my doorbell, mercy took the call. And because of mercy, grace prevailed. And I'm saved by grace. It's not what I deserve. But thank God I have it. Can I get a witness on that this morning? Hallelujah. Mm, I'm trying to go slow because I, I want to remind you, I want to call you to remembrance that what happened in the upper room was the aftermath of what happened in a wilderness. What happened at the Jordan when he came up out of the water and a dove descended and a voice spoke from heaven and said, my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased, hear Him. Those things were not the beginning. The Jordan was not the beginning. The upper room was not the beginning. Now wait, time out. Thank God I'm a Pentecostal. I'm not embarrassed to say I'm a United Pentecostal minister. I'm not one bit hesitant to tell you I've been bought by the blood and purchased by the cross and those are hot terms to us. I'm not embarrassed of my roots and of the nativity of my faith. But I got news for you. While I speak with tongues, while I have prayer languages, is what they call it in the postmodern era, while I have the Holy Ghost and am filled with that Spirit, I must tell you, it did not start at the upper room. It started in a, a, a flag driven, a, a, a cane infested Nile River overspill when a woman who was not willing to give up her child without a fight put him in a basket and set him in the flags and the bulrushes and put her daughter Miriam on the bank and said, watch him, because the Bible says, this is not Magruder 3 and 2. This is the Bible. The Bible said, she perceived that he was not an ordinary child. I want to tell you, you don't need an ordinary church. You don't need just ordinary religion. Oh, my, 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 my. Somebody's going to come to church here in a moment, and you're going to understand what I'm talking about. You don't need just an ordinary profession. 
You don't need an ordinary walk down an ordinary aisle to an ordinary altar to shake the ordinary hand of an ordinary preacher who ordinarily says, just as you are, come and shake my hand and believe on the Lord and receive Christ. That's not what you need. You need relationship with a God who was not satisfied to remain invisible, but took upon Himself the form of a man and came from heaven to earth because we could not go to where He was. He came to where we are because we were of such low estate that we could not rise into His glory. He lay off His glory like a robe. He took it off like a man takes off a coat and became in the form of humanity that He might walk where we walk and live where we live and experience what we experience. But it didn't start in a manger. It didn't start in the hay. It was not among the lowing of the oxen and the bleeding of the sheep and the lowing of the cattle that it began. It was not because the star was hung only. It was not simply because Mary was a virgin that conceived. Yes, it was special birth. Yes, it was royal events. But I got news for you. Long ago, a special child stood in a special place when it looked like it was all going to hell and a handcart and said, if you do the right things, if you get this, if you understand this, if you come to grips with this, He'll establish a people. He'll establish a nation. He'll make a royal priesthood. He'll make a chosen generation. And I'm here to tell you that in the shadow and in the image of Abraham and the Abrahamic promise, Moses stood saying, God's going to do it His way. Hey, could I tell you, in an ordinary church, it's all protocol. In an ordinary denomination, it's all culture. In an ordinary... Uh, uh, system, it's just all systematic. But this is more than that. In the shadow of Abraham, in the, in the echo of Moses, and in the illumination of Calvary, we are a people bought by the blood of Jesus Christ that do not have ordinary religion. What we have is faith unto God. What we have is reconciliation from sin unto salvation. What we have is forgiveness of sin. Oh, i got to stop right here for a minute and ask somebody, anybody, are you glad your sins are forgiven? Are you glad your sins are under the blood? Oh, you may not be what you want to be. You may not even be what you ought to be. But aren't you glad you got a hope that's not your own? Aren't you happy you're not what you used to be? You've been forgiven. You've been set free. You've been transformed. You've been illuminated by the power of the promise that God gave Moses in Deuteronomy chapter 6 when he was trying to establish a nation. Isaiah would have never had impact. With unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. The government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called the Wonderful, the Counselor. The, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace, the fivefold ministry of the New Testament, would have never had the impact 
the apostles, the prophets, the pastors, the evangelists, and the teachers would never have had the input had it not been for the faith of one special child that did not even make it to Canaan, that was not even allowed to inherit the promises given to him. He was buried by an angel on the backside of a mountain somewhere after an argument with Lucifer over his body. But it didn't change that the words of Moses are embedded as though they were with a pen of steel in a tablet of iron. And the commandments that he gave changed human life forever. Forever! I'm telling you, the Ten Commandments are not only the fundament of the conduct of this church, but they're the core fundament for life around the world, throughout this universe. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not bear false witness. Thou shalt not covet. Thou shalt not and shalt not. But I say we need to get back to the first and foremost commandment, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. Are there any God-lovers in this house? Is there anybody in this house that understands we don't need more presidents? We don't need more decisions by Congress. Senate can't get us out of this. More money cannot fix this. Throwing finances at our problems is not going to work it out. But I've come to tell you, if you'll just remember what got us to this point, it'll get us through. What got us here is here, O Israel. The Lord our God is one. Is anybody glad you know that Lord our God who is one? Time's running off on me and you're glad. You're just tickled to death. Times are running on him. No, I'm playing with you. I think you know that. If you don't, come to church. Hallelujah. Uh, this passage that I've read to you is the very foundation of Israel's government. I want to share with you from my study what this verse says in some other versions of the Bible. There are other translations, and I want to give you a few of them. This is called the first and the great commandment that I've read to you. And if you were to read it in parallel verses of different translations, you might find it saying in the New International Version, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Or the New Living Translation. Listen, O Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord alone. Or the English Standard Version. Hear, O Israel. The Lord our God. The Lord is one. The New American Standard Bible. Hear, O Israel. The Lord is our God. The Lord is one. The King James. That's what I read to you from. Still my favorite. And you know, it's the fastest selling form of the Bible worldwide. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The Holman Christian Standard Bible. Listen, Israel, 
The Lord our God, the Lord is one. The International Standard Version. Listen, Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. Hmm, I like that one. That one's worth repeating. The International Standard Version. Listen, Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. The NET Bible. Listen, Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. God's Word translation. Listen, Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is the only God. The Jubilee Bible 2000. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. That sounds familiar. King James 2000 Bible. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. American King James Version. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The American Standard Version. Hear, O Israel, Jehovah our God is one Jehovah. The Dewey. Bible. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The Darby Bible. Hear, Israel, Jehovah our God is one Jehovah. The English Revised Version. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Webster's Bible Translation. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. The Word English Bible. Hear, Israel, Yahweh is our God. Yahweh is one. Young's liberal translation. Hear, O Israel, Jehovah our God is one Jehovah. I've given you probably, what, 20 translations of the same passage? And in each passage, it provokes us to listen. In each passage, it's talking to Israel, the nation. Does anybody grasp that? Can I tell you one more time? I'll run it one more time. So that we get it. So that I get it. This is Moses standing in front of a nation of millions that are getting ready to invoke on the mission of establishing a nation that is unlike any other nation. Oh my God, I've got to right now put the brake on. Because I want to preach and say, if you really get a relationship with God, you're not going to be like everybody else. You're not even going to want to be like everybody else. Your goal is not going to be to be so transparent that nobody will realize you even are what you say you are. When you get a relationship with Jesus Christ, what you really want to be is just so sold out to Him that I'm with Him all the time, that He rides down the road in the car with me, that He talks to me when I'm alone, that in my night hours when I sleep, He comes and visits me in visions and in dreams. When I pray, He moves me. When I sing, I feel Him. When I go to church, He's there. When I'm with my friends, they under, when I'm about total strangers, they look and say, there's something different about that person. Am I preaching to anybody that understands what I'm saying? When you get relationship, you want to be of another species, another nation, another generation, a different order. You're not trying to be, and can I stop right here and tell you that if the church allows the world to influence it more than we influence the world, then we will constantly become more and more assimilated into the effects of a world that's on its way to destruction. But when you get relationship, you say, I'm not going the way the world's going. I'm not doing what society's doing. I'm not interested in becoming an invisible cog in an uh, ineffective wheel that's not getting the job done. 
I want to be more and more like Jesus every day. I'm ringing the bell today to remind you as a congregation, our hope, our longing, our dream, and our reality should be wrapped up in, I want to be more like Jesus today than I was yesterday, last month, last year. Tomorrow I want to be better than I am today. No disgrace if you've made mistakes. No disgrace if you've fallen and got back up. No disgrace if you've not been everything you know you should have been. That's an indication you're human. We're all still human. But when you get relationship, you'll say, I'm not going to be satisfied until I can become more and more like Jesus. How about it? Can I get a witness to that? Hallelujah. 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 All right. I want to read to you from Matthew Henry's commentary. Many of you have it in your homes and you could go read it for yourself, but this summary is important and I want to read it to you on this passage that I read the text from. Matthew Henry says, Here's a brief summary of religion containing the first principles of faith and obedience. Jehovah, our God, is the only living and true God. He only is God, and He is but one God. Let us not desire to have any other. That's key. Plug into that. That's key. He only is God. And let us not seek to have another. There's a threefold mention of the divine names. And I'm going to tell you without dodging it. That in the original, in the Aramaic and the Hebrew of this verse, the word Elohim is plural. There is the mention of three in this passage. Yahweh, Elohim is our Yahweh. I'm not going to dodge it. But I am going to tell you that it was revealed to the church in 1 John when John said, there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, and the Spirit. You have Yahweh, Elohim is Yahweh in John. The Father, the Word, the Spirit. And these three are one. I want to tell you, Yahweh is our God. That's what He was telling Israel. Amen. Amen. Even in this express declaration of the unity of the Godhead, happy are those who have one Lord for their God. Oh, man. It is better to have one fountain than a thousand cisterns. One all-sufficient God than a thousand insufficient friends. This is the first and great commandment of God's law, that we love Him and that we do all parts of our duty to Him from a principle of love. My son, give me thine heart. We are to love God with all our heart and soul and might. Does anybody agree with that? All my heart, all my soul, all my might. That is one 
with a sincere love, not in word and in tongue only, but inwardly in truth, too, with a strong love. He that is our all must have our all, and none but he, three, with a superlative love. We must love God above any creature, whatever, and love nothing but what we love for Him. My, that, that's called me to attention. The things I love. I've been inventorying the things that I'm uh, affected by, that I'm influenced by, that I give attention to. And I need to love God above everything else and love only the things that bring love to God. And four, with an intelligent love. To love Him with all the heart and with all the understanding. We must see good cause to love Him. And five, with an entire love. He is one. Our hearts must be uh, united in His love. Oh, that this love of God may be shed abroad in our hearts. Does anybody agree? Oh, that this love... Stop. Stop. Understand the background of what I'm preaching to you. They're standing in a wilderness place. They're approaching a promised land. Moses is not going with them. His tenure's done. He's going to be buried on the backside of a mountain. They're going to step out in a new hope, in a new faith, in a new world. And it has to be that way because Moses is the law. The wilderness is the promise. Egypt is the forgiveness of sin. And that does not inherit the promised land. You do not inherit heaven with a law. You do not inherit heaven with just simply a promise. You do not take Egypt to the promised land. Oh no, it's going to take new faith, new promise, new power. But they're standing in a wilderness place. Looking into a promised place. Moses realizing, I'm not going. And he's saying, I've heard from God. I have to give what will get you there. I have to give what will help you. I have to speak into your life. And then he says, here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all your heart, soul. Strength. Put this in your mind. Put this in your heart. This is a part of what is called the Shema in the Jewish uh, religion. In the Jewish religion, the Shema is what they are commanded to pray throughout the day. In fact, the good, proper Jewish believer will get up every morning and pray the Shema throughout the day. They will speak the Shema. And at night, this is what they were commanded. You fathers, you speak it to your sons when they rise up, when they walk by the way, when they go out to battle, when they lay down to sleep. Don't let them sleep without it being in their minds. Don't let them get up and go to school without it being in their heart. Don't go to work without it being on you. The Shema, it's called. The Shema was simply for them to pray in the Hebrew tongue, in the Jewish tongue. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. 
they could never forget that without Him they were not a nation. Can I tell you, First UPC, without the anointing, without the flow of the Spirit, without the revelation of the mighty God revealed in Christ, without the infilling of the Holy Spirit and the remission of sin through baptism, without heartfelt repentance and obedience to the Word, without those things which we call our canon. We are not a church. We are not a church without the faith we possess. We are not a church without the doctrine that we endorse. We are not a church without the life we have come to accept and to say we believe and we live. Here stands Moses telling them, the Shema will make all the difference. The Shema has to be with you. The Shema has to be in your lips. The Shema has to be what puts you to sleep at night and wakes you up in the morning. If you got a problem, turn to, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Now, I want to tell you, it was not because there were no other gods. No, in fact, every nation of the world in that time had its Baal. He might be called something else. It might be different, but every nation had its Baal. That's why they needed an Elijah to stand up and say, why do we halt between the opinions? If the Lord be God, let's serve Him. If Baal be God, because every nation had its Baal. I want to tell you, America has her idols. America has her worship altars. America has her place where she comes to pray and to praise. But hey, I'm back again to tell you that one fountain is worth a thousand cisterns. One true God is worth a thousand illusions. I'm here to tell you, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Every nation of the world had its Jupiters. Oh, they fell down out of heaven. They are men among men. They are gods among men. Remember when Paul and his cohort were mistaken for Jupiter and, and, and Aquarius or, or whoever the other god of the Greeks were. And, and they said, let's worship them. And they got them up and said, no, don't worship us. We're just men like you are. But then there was something begin to pulsate in the memory of those men. And they said, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. I've come today to tell you, it's not an argument about the Godhead. This verse is not a foundation to argue Godhead. There are gods everywhere. There are Baals everywhere. There are Jupiters every place. We know there are other gods. We know there are other revelations. We know there are other beliefs throughout and across the world. And Israel constantly had to come back and come to grips with what will you do about the gods of the heathens? What will you do about the religion of the heathens? What will you do about the faith of your neighbors? And many times they failed the test. Many times they went whoring after other gods. Many times they offered incense at strange altars and danced at strange fires and worshipped everything from brazen serpents to old swords that had never won a battle. But it didn't change. That when they got in trouble, 
It didn't change when the plague was all around them, when disease had overtaken them, when their enemies had pressed in like a storm, like a flood, when they remembered the Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. It changed the tide of battle. It changed the course of nature. It changed the impact of disease and of, of affliction. It changed plagues. It caused water to run in reverse direction. You know why? Because He was a God that when they seek His face, He intervenes. He was a God that takes chariot wheels off in the middle of lakes. He was a God that causes His Son to shine upon His people. He was a God that gives His rain to water their crops. He was a God that makes their corn grow. He was a God that brings something out of nothing. He was a God that takes the impossible and makes it possible. My God, I've come to First UPC this morning to remind you and to tell us we need to get the echo, the pulsating sound of the Shema back in our hearts and in our minds that we don't need another God. We don't need another pleasure. We don't need another activity. We don't need another resource. We have the living well. Ho, he that thirsts, let him come and take water. Everyone that hungers, come and buy bread without money. For we have a Savior, such a wonderful Savior. Mercy's atonement, stifle sin's judgment, grace made intercession. We're free, folks, because we know in our heart, in our mind, in our spirit, there's one God. Yahweh, Jehovah, is our God. Yahweh, Jehovah, is our Yahweh. Would you stand with me, please? Hear, O Israel, I've got pages and pages. Time's run out on me. Hear, O Israel, it's not what's the world going to do. Hear, O Israel, our solution is not what is the solution for America. America's solution is for individuals just like you and me to turn back to God with all their heart, with all their might, with all their soul, and say, the cross before me, the world behind me. If mama don't go with me, if daddy don't go with me, if the elders don't go with me, if nobody don't go with me, I won't turn back. Going through. Shema. Shema. Shema, Yisrael. Yahweh, Jehovah. Yes, our Yahweh. There it is. There it is. I've prayed their prayer. I've prayed it. Shema. Yes, really.
Jehovah. I've come to ask you today. First UPC, who is Lord of your life? First UPC, who is your God? Is your religion about arguing the finer points and the betterness of your church over somebody else's church? How's that going to work out for you when fire and brimstone's falling? Is your hope, well, my preacher's a good preacher and he'll tell me the truth and I shook his hand. Ordinary altars are not going to produce extraordinary results. But I'll tell you what will. Shema! Yisrael! Jehovah Yahweh is my Jehovah. Get it in your heart. Get it in your mind. If I had time, I'd take you through the New Testament and show you where they asked Jesus in several places, several different factions of society. Ask Him, what is true religion? And He said, you know the law. The rich young ruler is going to tell you. You know the law. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not shall not bear false witness he was talking about Moses ten commandments and he said I've done all of those what else shall I do he said well go sell what you have give to the poor oh he couldn't do that another place he told him the first and great commandment you know that that's what I preached to you but until Jesus is Lord of your life it's only a law it's only a broken rule. But I want it to be more than a broken law, a broken rule. I want it to be the ruler of my life. I want Jehovah, Yahweh, one Jehovah, to sit on the throne of my life and my heart. How about you? If that's your intention... Reach out right now and take somebody's hand or touch and agree with somebody in some form, in some fashion around you. I didn't just simply come to church and I'm not just marking this one up as another Sunday school service preacher. This morning I'm saying, Yahweh! Jehovah is my Yahweh. I'm saying, Shema! I want to make sure that I know and that God is aware that I know that of all the Lord's many and all the God's many and all of the idolatry and the pollution of our civilization of worshiping fowls of the air and creatures of the sea and dead things that are disemboweled and zombie things that come to life and, 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 and recreational things such as sports and athletics with all of that giving a false pride and false hope to things that are going to burn up. I want God to know that Jesus, You are Lord of my life. Right now, tell Him, Jesus, be the Lord of all. Jesus, I give it all to You. I give myself to You. More of You, God, but I give all of me to You. In Jesus' name. Oh, God, wake us up. Oh, God, wake us up to realize that nothing less than what I'm preaching is going to get the job done. 
Help us not to be lulled to sleep in the false hope that just joining the church is going to do it for us. Help us to understand that you've got to be Lord of all. Amen. Amen. I claim Jesus. Turn to somebody around you right now and tell them that. I claim Jesus. I get this. Tell them, you've said it two or three times, I want to get this. Tell them, I get this. I claim Jesus. I get it. I claim Jesus. Jesus is Lord. Shema. Hey, all you got to do from this moment forward, if you get it, when you see a brother or a sister and you want them to understand that you get it, all you got to do is say Shema. Because in the Hebrew tongue, that meant, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. When you lay down to go to sleep, when you say to God, Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Amen. Amen. Go in the peace of the Lord tonight. Come back for evangelism. Brother Stamp will be preaching a grand evangelistic sermon tonight. I'm believing in that. I too enjoyed Wednesday night. God bless you. Go in the peace of the Lord until 5 this afternoon. And as you go, I want to say to you, Shema. Shema. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one.